Hey everyone, this is Steph Sober, a weekly podcast for those in need of some sober support. I'm your host, Steph, and in this episode, I have a chat with the sober extrovert herself, Fran. I didn't realize how much I needed this conversation and connection, but when Fran reached out to me, I could feel an energy from her and I wanted more. I've mentioned it before, but I'm introverted. And so my sobriety journey and the things I did to get where I am today look different than someone like Fran who's extroverted. But one thing that is similar between us is the desire for connection. Fran and I dive into what worked for each of us and how important it is to listen to that inner voice and do what makes you feel comfortable. This conversation is full of realizations and emotion. At three months sober, Fran is already doing so much to spread awareness around addiction. She started hosting workshops in London and her Instagram lives bring awareness to the similarities amongst the sober community. I have included Fran's Instagram handle in the show notes so that you can give her a follow. Fran, thank you. I will forever cherish this conversation, and I am so grateful our paths crossed. You are such a beam of light, and I am excited to see where sobriety takes you. This is Fran Sober. Hey, Fran. How are you? I am doing so, so good. I've been up literally since the crack of dawn oh. <laughs> and I'm really, really excited to just to talk to you today. I don't even know how long we've been connected for, do you? I don't either, but I am like thrilled you reached out because I'm really bad at doing that. I'm extremely <laughs> introverted. And then when I see someone's name, like the sober extrovert, I'm like, ooh, I want to I wanna connect with her. She'll bring me out of my shell. It's so funny because that's what you said, isn't it? When we, um, we, you said, oh, well, I'm like the sober introvert. So <laughs> we connect. And I think we followed each other for a little while, but we just didn't connect like, you know, DMs and, and stuff. There was just a bit of interaction. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to be here. This is actually my first like recording, if you like, or me being on any podcast. I'm, I've kind of, been saving it for for the right person <gasps> and yeah it's the first time I've shared my will be sharing my story so um okay, I wasn't I wasn't aware of that so now the pressure's <laughs> on <laughs> no not at all <laughs> I'm honored well yeah my podcast is pretty casual so we'll just conversate um learn more about your story so we can get that out because it's so I mean I'm sure you know you do a lot of lives and you mm-hmm. have people come on and share their stories. And that's how we connect in the sober community, right? Like hearing someone's story and hearing ourselves in it, it's like a hug. It's like, okay, like I'm not alone in this. It's just so powerful. Yeah, I I, I couldn't agree more. I, I love the fact that you said hug because it's it's that connection, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's it's just like a mirror. That that's how I always look at it. That you know, it, the reason I started the lives was to to connect with people, but also to share their stories to other people that maybe don't have that connection yet, but want to. Um, I'm just so in awe of the sober community. Like I say it to everyone. Um, it's such a core part of my life now that I don't see a world without that. I, I, yeah, I meet lovely people all the time and I'm inspired daily and, you know, and you have those bad days and, you know, wherever you're at in your, your cycle or um, kind of that stage of sobriety, it's, it's just, 
Yeah, it's really, really inspiring. <laughs> it is because it's really lonely in the beginning. Did you feel lonely in the beginning? I mean, you're an extrovert, so maybe you didn't. But I was <laughs> so lonely in the beginning because that's who I am at to my core. Like when I'm working through big things and heavy things, and this was probably the heaviest thing of my life, I go inward. I'm very like, I got this. I go inward. That's just automatically what I do. But 99 days is actually when I started my Instagram at day 99. I was like white knuckling through sobriety at that point. And I'm like, I have to, like Stephanie, you have to push yourself to find people because I knew even as an introvert, I'm not going to be able to do this alone. I have got to make connections. So how was it at the beginning for you being an extrovert? I just, I have to know. I love that you asked that. It's, I I have a feeling that we're going to, you're going to, kind of bring up questions that I probably never thought about but and I'm going to take away a lot from this because (laughs) I'm gonna it's just I love anything that's thought provoking and that gets me thinking about you know early days or even the past or kind of the future and yeah so anyway I'll answer you (laughs) the beginning was extremely lonely um and do you know, like, it's interesting you mentioned about the extroverted side of things, because sometimes I think there can be like a misconception about kind of extroverted people, because I've always been this way. Even as a child, I was I was quite shy, but I think that was more to do with being young and inexperienced. But I've always just like, really loved expressing myself. And, and it's very outward. And I kind of can't help that apart from maybe in certain social situations, you need to learn boundaries, uh, social boundaries. Um, but it, in the beginning, I, I it's probably the loneliest I'd felt in my life, apart from the darkest stages of my drinking. And I think anyone can relate to that, that, that lonely side of it, because you're starting something new and it's just you in it. You, you rarely hear about couples or friends that start day one together. Our drinking tends to be quite isolated at times and so is our addiction. And then that means that our recovery starts in isolation of others as well. And I was sh- very ashamed. I didn't want to share that with people I knew. So I started the blog as a, a coping mechanism and a way of connecting with people that I didn't know because I knew I needed that connection with someone like human connection and and with for me has always been such a important integral part of my life and I because I couldn't do it with people I knew (laughs) Instagram and a sober account was the way to learn and the way to connect which took away some of the loneliness if that makes sense. Yeah. Did um, you start it right away though? Or was this, did you give it time or were you just like, okay, I'm two days sober. I need connection. Cause like I said, it was, it took me 99 days. Wow. Um, I always find this is kind of crazy when I think about it, but I started it on day 12. So the, I, I cut the first two weeks kind of flew by and not no they were they were very long days actually in fact but I mean I I just was trying to get through the hours and and the physical reactions that my body was having and just stay sober um so I couldn't think of much else and I'm just also tried to trying to process whether 
this was going to be forever, you, you know, or just a dry January. So I started it on day four, 12 because I just needed to connect with people and, and you know, find out what's what's out there in this sober world that I didn't know existed. So and for you, I, like resources for connection is people. Like that's where you're going to get your information, right? Is that what I'm hearing? Because for yeah. me, it was books, podcasts, anything that I could do in solitude. So this is really interesting. I, I love that because I actually did do podcasts as well. I went into like a crazy... I've wasted 15 years of my life drinking, so I need to spend every waking hour now committing myself to sobriety. So I listened to podcasts, I read books, and I did the Instagram. Um, I also went on holiday in the first two weeks. I I kind of, I'm a very extreme all or nothing person, so I, I wanted to purposely put myself in unknown territory because I didn't want to wake up in two months or a few weeks and be like oh, I'm in the pub and this is really scary and I need to go home I know it's not the classic way that a lot of people do it but I was so destined to find out quickly if this was if I could handle it so yeah I, I put myself in a lot of uncomfortable situations on purpose to test my self wow and and yeah I know it's really I didn't know I was doing that at the time <laughs> until I look back now. <laughs> and I'm like you crazy <laughs> I couldn't even imagine no <laughs> but that's what I so that's what I love about about sobriety and the sober community and just learning because when you get sober, you're just looking for direction because you want it to work. You want it to stick. Like when you're finally ready and you quickly learn that there's a million ways to get sober. And that's mm -hmm. like these conversations are so empowering because somebody who maybe listens to my podcast, who's an extrovert and heard what I did that probably that they're like, that sounds awful. Like you didn't really talk to anybody and you quit hanging out with people. Like, how did you survive? <laughs> you know, but then to have you on. And for you to say, I pushed myself, I pushed myself to go do the things that I love to do so that I knew I could get through them. I needed to do that for myself. So it's just to show it doesn't matter. There's a million ways to skin a cat, right? It doesn't matter. We all can support each other and, and the outcome is the same, even if we're all doing things completely different. Yeah, exactly. And I love that you pointed that out because that's the one thing that I, I've taken away from the sober community and connecting with so many different people on, you know, their recovery and, and the tools they use to, to stay sober and to get better and live fulfilling lives is it doesn't matter how you get there. It's respecting other people's ways and, and learning what works for you because I ha I had to do it my way. I couldn't, I, I couldn't I had to learn which podcasts I liked and and how it resonated with my story and like I had to do a lot of writing and and the Instagram was I didn't even think about helping other people obviously at the beginning I just did to connect and 
you know, like if you're around people that drink all the time, every day, and they're just going out getting wasted, then they're not going to be the people that are going to inspire you or it, they're just going to add to the cravings. So I needed to be around people that had done a year sober, that had done a month, that wanted to get sober, that shared positive messages and negative facts about alcoholism and and any tool that I could find within any environment to facilitate that journey, that's what I latched onto. Yeah, like I, I also joined AA on the 1st of January. <laughs> so that was also a huge tool for me. Um, that that was what changed my, my narrative immediately that one meeting and that one moment, like I honestly don't think I would ever be in the position I am today if I never stepped foot into that meeting. But there's lots of tools around yeah. everything going, if that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> no, it does. And I love that the whole thing, yeah, find what works for you because I knew AA would never work for me because being in a room full of people is actually why is one of the things that made me want to drink, right? Like it was one of the reasons I drank. I am married to an extrovert and <laughs> our lifestyle is hanging out with people. Like we go out and do things or have lots of people at the house or yeah, he would take me to work events. I needed to drink to get through that as an introvert because I developed in my mind, I don't need to do that. Like I know that now, but as a drinker in my mind, dependent on alcohol. And I, I started drinking really young at 14, which I've heard that's the same age you drank. And there, there's so many people that, by the way, that I interview 14 seems to be the age and my <laughs> daughter's 14. So believe me, I'm like very like conscious of that, but to not ever learn how to socialize. Otherwise the thought of going to a AA meeting for me in early sobriety was like, there's no way I could do that without having a drink. So I really then said, okay, but I want to do this. And there's got to be other ways. Cause I mean, sometimes people just think that's the only way, you know, and maybe they would try to push themselves to do that. But then that's when, yeah, like the books and the podcast, and it was actually a book quit like a woman. Yeah. That one is the one that suggested Instagram in her book. She suggested go to Instagram. There's a whole community. Cause I wasn't big. I wasn't a big social media person at all. And so I was like, I could do that. Like that's, and then just people would just reach out to me like you, you know, they would just DM me. I'm like, Whoa, like, okay. I have a new yeah. friend and you know, they broke the ice and like, that's all I need. Honestly, is someone just to break the ice. And then I had, I had a handful of friends and people that I could DM when times were hard. And I mean, God, it's just, huge. Like it really got me through after day 99. And obviously where I am today, I'm 15 months sober and going so strong because of that community. I owe it to that community. I, I love that. And I just like, I, I love the way that every time I hear people's stories of how there's always one, one thing, and, and sometimes there's a multitude, but there seems to be one thing that stands out for them. And, you know, I can't stress it enough this this sober community and that connection with people you know whether you're an introvert or an extrovert whether you really are, are a bit more shy or or 
not scared, but, you know, you're a bit more uncomfortable in huge social situations or whether you thrive in them. There's a connection can just be with one person Mm -hmm. and ability to do it online these days. That really does help people who don't want to be in a room of full of others. You know, I think AA works for me because it's it's I've never thought of it in this way, but I think the extroverted part of me um, does thrive when I'm in a room full of people. Um, and I've never thought of it like that. I just thought extrovert means being really like outgoing and, and wearing everything inside on the outside. That's the way I always thought about it. But then, yeah, that, that just occurred to me when you said it. Um, and the, it's the connection side of AA. It, it was the first place I heard people tell the truth about their feelings and about addiction um and then i came online obviously two weeks later and joined um the sober community on instagram which is of course another place that people tell the truth and and share their their stories so i'm lucky to have both tools really 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 grateful for both of them yeah and it is more of like the energy thing probably like you said like just being in a room full of people as an extrovert you probably left there just feeling like your batteries were recharged where (laughs) if I went to an AA meeting I would take all that on like everyone's energy I would take it on differently it would deplete me and I'd have to go home and sleep for like two days (laughs) but that's the thing like to know that about yourself is so big and to know that and not be ashamed of it right like it's probably a really big reason why I drank and actually you just having your realization I'm having one now talking this through Love is that. I know you know that's a big reason why I drank you know because of the fact that like I was ashamed that everyone around me could be in a room full of people and I couldn't like when you're surrounded by others that that's what their personality is you start to think there's something wrong with you and when you start drinking at a young age, alcohol is always the answer for things. Alcohol is always the way to get through it or to become someone you're not. And that is one thing that my sobriety has done is like, let me be myself and own it and like not care, not care if if it's okay that Fran's extroverted. She can still be your friend. Like she can still see value in what you have. And so I say it all the time. It's just open this gate for me. And it's just so freeing from all these little boxes and cells that I put myself in and alcohol kept me there because it fed that negative narrative in my head. I just love that you said that because it's spreading awareness of you know there's there's so many reasons why we drink but you know one of them can be that to alleviate or that that social anxiety and and it gives you a false sense of confidence um and who doesn't want an extra bit of confidence i mean introverted extroverted or not mm-hmm. um what i just thought about when you said that actually just came to me was i think that I ended up being so used to being the extroverted one in the group that alcohol almost became a way that I could magnify that. And if I wasn't feeling up to scratch on particular days, I started to almost fulfill a persona and I had to be the party girl. 
I had to be that person that was the first one introducing everyone to everyone and the first one pouring the drinks and taking the shots and it's very strange because I would get social anxiety about going to these events as well and I think it wasn't about being around people it was knowing deep down that I'm going to get wasted today and I'm going to make a fool of myself but everyone might be okay with it because you know unless I become really harmful (laughs) because I'm having a good time and I'm out there but I always found that it just magnified my flaws and a lot of my shortcomings and I turned up ended up being very egotistical and opinionated and repetitive all the things that everyone becomes but it it definitely became a tool for me as well which I thought was helping me be a social butterfly and and fit into this persona I'd always been and it was it was doing the absolute opposite it just took me a long long time to see that Mm -hmm. yeah and it was like you had this role that everyone expected you to play and so that's how you kept up with it yeah you know like I don't even know like I'm not saying that they necessarily said to me like my friends or peers or people I didn't know but it's it's that persona you create for yourself and and that self-expectation that you know oh I I need to be fun today I, I need to be a positive and my energy needs to fill the room and I was creating, I was having conversations with parts of myself that didn't need to happen. I didn't need to be anyone but myself. And I didn't need alcohol to be myself. And I just wish I could have seen that earlier. Um, But at least I'm starting to see that today. And I I don't ever want to just run over the past and who I wasn't because I have every opportunity now to become that person. Mm -hmm. So I'm just and right my wrongs of the past and learn from my mistakes and just grow and grow and grow so I don't have to have you know a lot more memories of me making a complete fool of myself drunk at a party that I'm gonna regret so um yeah I always think I always say everything happens for a reason so I wouldn't be here talking to you (laughs) if I hadn't had so many of those experiences do you know what I mean I know there's a lot of things that I think we all could would love to change if we could but then when you stop and think of it that way you're like no I I don't want to change any of that because I yeah it wouldn't make me the strong person I am today and I wouldn't have met I met so many incredible people in the sober world and I never, I never imagined that and I think a lot of people when they first get sober I mean that's just kind of a scary thing because you have your your drinking friends and those relationships seem to be pretty strong but you soon learn as you meet other sober people and actually connect with people for who they really are instead of like let's just connect by getting together and having drinks where you're just you know you saying as an extrovert like you're already you know, trying to play this role. And then me as an introvert, I'm trying to play a role. And so we have these masks on and no one's ever really getting like down into the nitty gritty. I mean, we think we're having these deep conversations, but we're really not like I have had more meaningful conversations with people in the sober community. And I never thought that would happen. I didn't understand how that could happen. And so like I, I, anybody listening to this, that's 
thinking about getting sober or newly sober and that's like a big fear, just take a deep breath. I mean, you are going to find your people. I, I guarantee you will find your people because everyone's got the mask off, being true to themselves and the energy you just connect. Yeah. No, like I couldn't agree. Honestly, Steph, like what the way that you've just put it, I think that will stay with me because the the, the masks is it's such an accurate portrayal of what goes on when you know you're when you rely on on drinking and, and, and using that as a tool to think you can conversate and have confidence. And and I was just speaking to somebody today about that. I went to my friend's house the other night and I honestly can say that when I came home I thought about her and it was like I saw her for the first time like I would could appreciate her sensitivity I I looked at her and her partner and I could see why they were so special to for each other I could see how how kind and like loving and attentive she was I, I looked at everything we'd been through and I, I was seeing her through like a magnifying glass, but really I was just seeing her for everything. I never really had the time or the kind of tools to see before. And it was so simple, but just going back to that, that conversation about connection is the tr it's in its truest form. I feel now. And just like you said, when I was drinking, I just couldn't, everything was enhanced and everything's you know repetitive and it's just times a hundred but that doesn't make it real if anything it's the opposite it just feels good it feels fun it's all temporary because the more you drink the more you forget the more you loosen up but I find now that when you meet someone and you really listen to what they're saying you open up naturally and authentically because you're really hearing them and you're seeing who they truly are without the mask, without the pretense, without the lies and that exaggeration. Like you can just be yourself. And th that's when I say the truest form of that connection. It's, it literally gets me, <laughs> gets me going and I'm in awe of it because this is a friend I've known for like almost 10 years and and we've always been close but I just saw something like a sparkle in her the other day and I was so grateful for her and it was the weirdest thing because I came home feeling so content <laughs> and I haven't even told her this um <laughs> but um I was just processing it um but yeah it's just what you said it's the realness and the authenticity of that that connection. And, and that's what I want forever. I want to keep finding that in people naturally. <laughs> yeah. It makes it so much easier too. I mean, you think once you've surrendered to sobriety and knowing that like, this is it, like, I'm not going back to ever drinking again. Like I want this for myself. There's a whole grieving process that you go through. I mean, I remember when it full on hit me, I was actually in the shower and I just realized that version of me is gone. Like she's, <laughs> she's gone. And I cried. I sobbed and I sobbed and I sobbed because she's the one who had to get me sober. You know what I mean? 
like that scared, like I'm going to get emotional talking about it now. That scared, (laughs) that scared girl who like didn't know anything else but alcohol, like nothing else. Like that's how she functioned. That's how she coped. That's how she did everything. That's how she met her husband. That's just like how she got through being a parent. I mean, it was everything. And to realize that she got me sober, but now I have to let her go. I mean, it's like powerful, right? Like you have to thank her and then you have to let her go because she, she can't hang out anymore. You know, like that version cannot, she can't be part of you. And it's like, (laughs) this is the third time I've cried today. But it's so true. And I think it's, it's, it's extremely important because I think a lot of people, when that grief comes, comes in because it, it happens, it's going to happen to everyone in a different time or, or whatever. Um, I just want people to know you have to, you have to let yourself grieve that it's, it's very important so that you can let in all the light and let in all the, all the good stuff now, because that version of me, she was really, 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 really critical and negative. And, but she was there a really long time, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my God. Thank you for sharing that with me. It's, you know, like th- this happens to me so much when I speak to people about their past, that the, the similarities are just uncanny like it was just the other day that I I saw like a picture of me like nine years ago on on this particular day and uh, Steph I'm telling you like I broke down and I haven't broken down like that since I've been sober Um, and it's three months today by the way Um, which is so funny that we're on this call today because I I didn't even plan that we just it's coincidence um but the reason it was so upsetting for me, and, and you've just kind of hit the nail on the head, I guess it, it's that grieving process. You know, I, I, it was like I saw myself for the first time. I looked at the photo and I wasn't sad in the photo. I don't look sad in the photo, but I just saw myself. I was 23 and I saw all my pain. I saw all my childhood. I saw someone that was suffering so much and then I realized that for the next nine years she would use alcohol as a tool to mask that pain and to exude false confidence instead of ever really getting to the to grips with the self-awareness and acknowledgement and I felt sad for her and and I I couldn't stop crying for literally like two days and you know today I kind of thought to myself like thank god you can finally see her because Mm -hmm. even if it took nine years like you see her for who she was and just like you said that girl is the person that got me to this person um, and I honestly do believe, Steph, like I said this to my mum the other day, that I was meant to be an alcoholic 
just so I could experience sobriety today. Like I wouldn't change any of it, like genuinely, because I've literally been given like a second chance. And I, like, I can't stress that enough. And I know it's only three months. I, I shouldn't say only, but to anyone that's listening and, you know, or, or doesn't think they can do it. Like I've never dreamed at day one, like that I would be three months over. So, you know, you just got to keep going. <laughs> and just like you said, like grieve that person that that's gone um, and learn from that person so that you can become another version of yourself I think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah the true version it's crazy that it happened around three months because that's about when it happened for me wow (laughs) there must be something to that I mean I think obviously everyone experiences things at different times but I do think there's certain things that do happen very like timeline wise very similar I mean yeah there's got to be something to it as you are, you know, you're, you're coming back to life, basically your brain's <laughs> functioning again and your emotions are bubbling up and you're like seeing clearly and not foggy. That's when the stuff starts happening, but you're right. It's honoring that person because as much as we don't want to be them anymore, you have to have gratitude for what they did to get you here because it's not easy I mean they're the ones who went through the really hard hard times with alcohol we get to do the easy stuff we get to you know we get to enjoy the you know the joy of life and connecting with new people and like being ourselves (laughs) I mean that's that's amazing that's the amazing part that's such a good way of putting that like I don't think I'll ever forget that honestly Mm -hmm. that it is so profound and like, you know, I love an extended metaphor. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's just, I think, learning to connect your past with your current, your present, and, but also being able to let go and just appreciate the process, you know, because it's like a balance. Like, you know, I, I'm very, a very firm believer that you can't progress unless you delve into yourself and you address the past um, and the things that have happened to you and really understand why you are in, you know, in a in the position that you're in or, or why you feel the way that you do. I mean, that's why a lot of people go to therapy or, mm-hmm. or have different kind of tools for their, for whatever recovery they are seeking. But at the same time, it's very important to, address the past internalize it and move on you can't live in the past forever my drinking it was a constant reoccurrence of living in the now it was living in the moment no never caring about the future but regurgitating all the pain of the past again and again and again and in my early days of my recovery I started to realize it's not the past again coming up is it (laughs) and it was but in a very different context because I was actually getting to deal with it and process it so that I could move on yeah I think that's how I've got where I am today and it's still an ongoing process you know Mm. it's 
definitely nowhere near over. <laughs> yeah. But that's the, that's the, like when everyone says you got to do the work, that's doing the work because you can't just get sober on focusing on all, all the reasons you want to be sober. It helps, right? It helps knowing like, yeah, I want to be sober because I want to be a better mom. I don't want to be hungover anymore. I don't want to have anxiety, but you have to really dive into the reasons you drank because that's where the magic happens. That's doing the work. That's like getting in deep and sitting there and feeling the things that you never allowed yourself to feel before and working through that. I mean, that was the biggest awareness I had right out the gate about myself is that because I had horrible anxiety. That's actually what finally like did, did me in. I was like, I cannot be this anxious anymore. And I, and I figured out that alcohol actually makes you more anxious. Like this is like, I never even knew that honest to yeah. God. Like and I, now that I know it and I'm like, other people knew that and no one's like, tell, like I'm suffering from anxiety <laughs> attacks and I'm drinking to help them. And the drinking is actually what's causing, the, oh my gosh, what a nightmare. But anyway, you know, and it was just to avoid feeling it. And so Actually, at seven months sober, I got a tattoo on my, my, my first tattoo ever on my arm right oh here. God. And it says, feel it all. I and so <laughs> it's just like this post-it note reminder on my arm because I instantly, anytime I'm uncomfortable, any uncomfortable feeling, I instantly want to get a hit of dopamine somewhere because I don't want to feel that. I don't want to, I don't want to feel it. And so it was learning new ways to work those emotions out okay. instead of like reaching for my phone and scrolling or, you know, reaching for a drink, um, which was no longer an option. But we do. We sometimes find new things that maybe aren't really good options either to kind yeah. of give us that boost. So what are some things when you have those past little gremlins creeping in, what are some yeah. things that you do? to kind of like work those emotions through? So this is such a good question, actually. Um, I'm super like alert and conscious um, now, like in my sobriety of not overindulging in practices that are going to be unhealthy for my recovery. Like my recovery is so important and sacred to me that but I'm human, right? <laughs> I just want to say that because I'm going to get into it. <laughs> I'm just very alert. Like if I do something too much or a very repetitive one day, for example, like, um, for example, TV. So I use, I don't watch TV hardly ever. Like maybe I'll watch an hour or two a week, if that, because I found that in my early days of sobriety, I was having a busy days, going to the gym, you know, on writing, kind of investing time and all these practices that are going to help sustain my sobriety. So then in the evening, I was just from like maybe six onwards watching just TV and Netflix. And these are when the urges were the worst. So I was just like, and and also they're very it's very energy depleting to watch. Like we do need levels of relaxation, but we don't need to sit in front of the TV and eat snacks and watch movies every day. Like like I'm not, that's not to disregard anyone that does that, but for me it wasn't serving me. It wasn't 
helping me learn or grow and like I said like the recovery for me is just it's about learning and growing every day so even when I'm chilling I'm learning to give myself time to heal or relax like everything for me has a certain place in my life like everything I do so it's just like like social media I'd say is the one thing that I like I have to take breaks from because like you said that dopamine hit it's you I I don't whilst it helps me and I get to connect with people I have to make sure that I'm doing it for the right reasons um and that I'm giving myself time off because like my future is something that I never prepared for um at 32 I am in debt I have I've never really led a well I know I've led had zero structure in my life so you know it, it all kind of got on top of me and and now I look at it as my time is my key to success so how I spend that is going to make pave the way for my future and you know spending loads of hours on Instagram is not going to be beneficial to my future so it's just separating those the things that give you temporary happiness or dopamine from the things that are going to implement structure and planning into something that is more i don't want to say credible but you know something that's attainable um mm-hmm. and it's just having a balance of both of those things like everyone loves to feel good so i have like snacks and you know you watch tv and you've got instagram and writing and like different events and friends and stuff but it's just balancing those two things and and being very aware and vigilant that am i overdoing it like and your body tells you don't you think like mm-hmm. and your mind <laughs> so you can't you just have to trust just feel like you said and and just go with that that feel like intuition is such a huge thing for me and just listen to that like if your body's telling you you're tired or your brain shutting down because it's too much posting or too much like repetitive or even like workaholic you know just have some balance I'd say like but yeah I, I definitely need to chill a little bit more I, like I'd say I don't relax that much but I'm conscious of that so <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's something I definitely want to implement a little bit more. I hope I answered your question. I don't even know. Yeah, no, that's and that. (laughs) uh, Yeah. The whole like needing to relax more. I think that's something we all kind of get caught up into because we have all this energy now and we feel good. And then we've also maybe feel like we didn't accomplish very much in our drinking days. And now that we have the time and the energy, we want to like do all these things. Like I was just talking to my brother the other night and I was telling him that I've accomplished more in my first year of sobriety than I have accomplished in any year of my entire life. And I'm going to be 43. And it's like, and when I say I accomplished I'm not talking just like one area of my life, like in all areas of my life, I have, you know, done so much work and healing and growth in one year. It is mind blowing. Like, and that just shows you how much alcohol keeps you small. And like, we don't get to live to our fullest potential because it needs you to keep coming back to it and like putting it in the forefront. And 
I love knowing that there's so many of us that are now able to like do all these things and tap into our potential and all these things that maybe we would have missed out in as society or community, things that people are going to like create or come up with and with creativity. Cause I mean, my creativity just is like out of this oh. world. <laughs> yeah. I love I, that. I mean, it's just been crazy, but to know that like everyone who gets sober feels that way. Um, it's just exciting to think about all the things, all the potential that we're tapping into. And we need that, especially in these times, you know, we need people that are like clear headed and can think and like come up with ideas. And it's just really, really exciting. But I know what you mean as far as, you know, getting caught up in the TV and, and that stuff's good. Um, but yeah, knowing when it's starting to feel like if I'm on Instagram and I notice that I'm just kind of like scrolling and I'm not, and I'm feeling a little, uh, I get instantly get off because it does, it needs to be intentional. And so I really try to keep myself in check with that. Like before I even open the app, like where, why am I even opening the app right now? Is it because it's a commercial break on TV and I have, I feel like I really need to be stimulated or is it because I feel inspired to post something or I'm feeling inspired to, you know, congratulate someone on my feed who's hit a mile marker. Like if we're intentional with these things, then it's doing what it's supposed to do because it is supposed to be supportive and it is supposed to make you feel good. But like, Mm -hmm. if you are starting to put your value into it, like with how many, like, are you just going to check your followers every 10 minutes? Are you going to check how many people liked your recent post? That's when it starts to just become like, once again, an unhealthy behavior like the alcohol was, because now you're looking for it to validate you in a different way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, yeah, you just put it perfectly, um, that validation. And I've heard so many people talk about uh, Instagram and social media in general um, being kind of that gives you that hit of dopamine if you like and also that validation and you know like that's the thing about sobriety for me is that 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 validation that a lot of the reasons I drank was that I, I I basically start had I, I experienced like abandonment I'd say as a child and in turn I craved attention and validation um from childhood probably my whole life and I'm very aware of never doing that again. It's the recovery for me is not just not drinking. It's understanding all of the things that have held me back. And, you know, that's why we have to be conscious of it because there's no point swapping one addiction for another. You know, I, I actually said to myself when I stopped drinking, oh, you know, maybe I could start smoking or maybe I could just drink on holiday. And I just thought to myself, like, that's crazy. Because I'm not gonna to take up another unhealthy practice just to replace a one that I'm I've let go of. It's not gonna benefit me. So it's just that that kind of self awareness of of using healthy practices to grow and using Instagram just like you said as a you know as a support tool and and intentional. Like I'm gonna that's gonna stay with me as well. <laughs> I need to write all this stuff down. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, we're recording it, so you can go back and listen to it if you. Okay, please. great. <laughs> Watch every morning. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I love that you that you said that because it's important that we like we just have this. There's, there's so many parts of it, isn't it? That 
recovery and sobriety and that you learn and 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 just like you mentioned about the creativity like Steph like no word of a lie alcohol took all of my passion and creativity I didn't realize it I was never con I never even thought I was missing something I was just completely brain dead and absent-minded to the fact that it was killing something inside of me and when you're not you you don't use passion and creativity for the 10 years or so you don't realize it's missing because it's almost like it never was yours to begin with and when i stopped drinking that's one of the many things that came back to me and i honestly don't want to get upset about this but because there's so many parts of it like i mean happy tears there's so many parts of that that things that i've gained back but that is one of the most special because expressing myself and writing that is my number one passion that's where my love is really at it's how I it's how I connect my thoughts to to words it's such a process of healing for me and like I I go to like these open mic poetry nights and I like perform my poems and you know doing that like the feeling of doing that is such a feeling of even though they're not going anywhere and you know it's I don't do it for that reason I do it because they're about matters very close to my heart a lot of it about sobriety and recovery and the to, to know that creativity is still there and I never killed it completely <laughs> is like such a lovely feeling and it inspires me to stay on this journey because I never thought I'd get that back like I said I forgot I could even write so yeah like I, I don't know a person that is sober that regrets it you know right. that that says you know this is terrible or I hate this feeling or I was better off you know maybe in the early days you tell yourself these things but um, but I think what it is too is like yeah it's really hard because not only did you drown out that part of you, like your creativity and all of that, but be, the reason you drowned that out is because you were drowning out all the uncomfortable feelings and the things you didn't want to deal with. And so, yeah, you get sober. And the first thing you think is like, okay, now I got to deal with all these things. And you do. But mm -hmm. the reward is you also get your creativity back and you get your joy back. You get like pure joy. Like the yeah. type of joy you felt when you were a child joy is like the best way I can explain it. I never felt like that when I was a drinker because you just baseline everything. Everything is just survival mode. And mm -hmm. so you have to get through those hard emotions, but you are so you're like rewarded with your creativity back and your joy back. And it makes it so worth it because yeah. soon these emotions, as you deal with them, they become easier and easier the further along you get because you now have a new way of coping with things and you know how to identify them when they're coming up. And so when they come up, you just identify it. You know what you've done in the past to work through it. You work through it and you move on. And on the other side of that, for me, at least, is always like extreme joy. Like if I have to get through like a hard thing that comes up and I just feel like like the universe rewards me when I work through it properly yeah. <laughs> and like physically move it through my body. Whether that means I cry, I scream into a pillow, I go for a walk, whatever I have to do. I feel like because I've removed that negative feeling and energy and processed it, 
like the next day or two, I will just be overwhelmed with joy and happiness. And I feel like that's the universe, like letting the light in because I made room for it. They're like, here you go. Now this is, you know, this is why you do this. It's like a dog getting a treat after doing like a little, you know what I mean? Like, it's just amazing. The way that you put that, that is amazing. Like It's so profound. And it's just, wow. Like, I completely agree. Like, I never would have said it like that. But, you know, like, it's crazy. Like, the things that have happened to me in three months, Steph, like, I'm talking like uncanny experiences that it, and it, it just like you said, it, it's like you, you've made way for the light and it's I just can't believe it like it's like I, I don't know if it's spiritual or it's I, I don't even have a word for it but it is definitely it's this feeling of 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 that joy that you that you mentioned and that fulfillment and I, I just feel lighter like I, I like I wake up with so much energy and I wake up knowing that it's going to, even if it's not going to be a good day or something might happen along the way, like I know that I'm going to deal with it and I'm going to process it and, and I'm not going to turn on a coping mechanism that like you said, baseline, was it baseline you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've not heard that term before actually, but, um, and not just numb everything just so you can get through and just function like I don't want to function I want to live and I want to live in like kind of in ecstasy at times and and I want to feel really joyful not just temporarily happy um and it's so funny because I the person I was a few years ago and even hearing myself say this, like I cannot believe I'm I, I'm sitting here saying this because it's like I'm rediscovering myself and and just it's a complete transformation, like even of my of the mind. Because I was just very much like, do what makes you feel, do what makes you happy now. But I think that joy that there there is an element of for me personally, and this isn't for everyone, but you know, I think I've had so much temporary happiness in in my life that what I'm really focused on achieving now is things that give you lasting joy and and that's not necessarily like I'm not talking like permanent things that um can't be transient like a house or you know not necessarily stuff like that but you know what the work you know like even learning something new about myself like that is something that can't be measured it's something that will last because that memory will last and it's small it's very small achievements but to me they are the most joyous and yeah I guess you you make way for the bigger ones like I've Mm -hmm. got time and and you've got time and and just like when you said about your year like that's just amazing when you hear that you know someone else say that and you know I, I always think of a year and I do try to not be too um fixated on time like oh no like that's why I, I said to myself when I got to like 70 days I was like I just want to get to 90 and then I was like I spoke to a good friend of mine um who's also in recovery and he said that you know it's not it's about what you put into the day there's no point being 90 days and then relapsing or or you know it matters about the work you put in and and getting to that year is obviously going to be a huge milestone, but it's 
it's what I've achieved by that year that matters to me. And yeah, I, I'm I'm conscious of doing everything. Like I, oh God, I'm just so grateful to have this second chance, honestly. Like and I think because I'm three months sober today, I'm just like in awe, like just very emotional and, and just feeling really positive about the whole thing. Like I know that there is an option for for fulfilling everything that I haven't done. Um, and I could not have, like, I just would have been, I would have dreamt of doing things, but I never would have done them. Like, I was like a dreamer and a, a thinker and I would say I was going to do stuff and, and never, ever see it to completion. Um, so I just had lots of ideas that were just kind of ended up being failed or sunken dreams. And to know now that, like, I can make some of those things bring them into this world like yeah it's a it's a nice feeling and even if I don't it's like at least I can say I really tried you know yeah it's like you finally have some confidence in yourself and you can trust yourself to follow through and the more you follow through on your dreams and your ideas the more you trust yourself and then the more opt you are to do it again and go on to the next thing and I mean, I host two podcasts as an introvert. If that doesn't inspire you, I mean, <laughs> because never ever would I have imagined doing something I, like this. I didn't even think of that, you know, like it's, do you know, it's so interesting because do you like, I, cause I find that sobriety has like changed like it's re I've rewired a lot of things that I told myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even when you said that, that's the first thing that came to my mind was, you know, you probably would have said to yourself for years and years that I could never do that. But I find that when you're speaking to somebody about something that you love or you're passionate about, you know, conversation does flow and, and it's that connection with people um, and just like we said, the authenticity that sometimes you forget you're even, you probably forget you're even hosting a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like it just runs, doesn't it? Yeah. An yeah. autopilot kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see where this takes you, like your first year of sobriety, because you're already doing things in the community. Are you so I saw that you were doing like a meetup. Are you going to start hosting meetups in your area? Because I think that I wish I know I should do it because I've said this before. And Kate's like, you should just do it. No, that's not me. But I wish someone (laughs) in the Omaha area would organize something (laughs) like that. I would come if I lived in London, I would be at your meetup all the time. Like I you are just the perfect person to put something like that together because you just have that warm welcoming personality where everyone knows they're going to just feel so good showing up and and doing that so is this something you plan on doing for a while oh my god first of all thanks for the compliments <laughs> um that's really nice to hear um so do you know what like I it, it, I these things just keep coming up like I never expected to do the lives ever I like I didn't even want my face on my profile I just wanted it to be a behind the scenes uh, videos and, and posts. And it just escalated and it just kind of happened and evolved naturally. 
Um, the workshops that as well happened. Like I volunteered for an organization which gives back to the community. Um, and I do a lot of volunteering in my free time and just, I network with, I meet lots of people through it. And obviously being an extrovert, I start chatting with everyone. And this was an opportunity that, you know, like, have you, have you heard of Eventbrite? Yeah. Yes. So it was basically, I just always go to lots of free events on Eventbrite. And I thought to myself, like, I would love to host this. Like, not only do I love attending the events, but I, I've got so many ideas and I love poetry and writing and so do lots of other people. So surely I can do something for the sober community. Um, and I don't just do it for the sober community. Like I do do like other workshops for empowerment, empowering women and like so on. But it's just something I started and I had my first workshop um, last weekend and I'm just going to keep putting on as many as I can. They're free. Um, I, I just want people to have a safe space to talk and to and it doesn't have to be like a, a sit around a circle talking just about you know alcoholism and your feelings but fun exercises that help you think about the stigmas of alcoholism the stigmas of sobriety like there's a lot of um, celebrities that are sober now it's just there's so many fun creative ways that you can learn and explore sobriety and alcoholism and spread a message to this big world out there that knows nothing about it. Like I want to take this message so far and to every single part of this world. So you have to start somewhere and, and yeah, like I, I just want people to be in a place where they can express themselves. I do have this feeling stuff that this, what this sober community is going to grow so much and I'm so happy to be part of it like honestly like to see people drinking consciously or or to think about stopping even if they don't have a problem and and just people being more alcohol conscious everywhere I think the main thing for me is really spreading awareness about addiction and and that changing that stigma with to, to alcoholism and that's I, I want to spread the message that I I was an alcoholic at 18, you know, I, I was, it's, it escalated. It was progressive. I never dreamed I would drink on my own, you know, and, and you said it earlier, you know, like it, it's interesting how we want to stop, you know, like what mom wants to be part of mummy wine culture and know that she we we don't want this we don't want to drink till six in the morning on our own we know we don't we're not happy with these changes but like you said how do we stop it's it never seems to be enough even though we fill our lives with shame and regret and promise ourselves will change it that's somehow not enough and I love that you pointed out earlier that it's looking into the past, not why, how we want our future to change, but but realizing why we did. And until people talk about addiction and get comfortable with it, people aren't going to have a platform to to share or spread their own experiences because they're going to feel ashamed. No matter how much I speak about the, and think about these, you know, recovery in the past and sobriety there's always something new I learn and think about. Um, it's very thought provoking. Um, and just to anyone that is listening or, 
you know, so, sober curious or struggling, just connect with someone and, and just like try to change that narrative and, and try and understand the reasons why you drink and tap into that because there's always some kind of trauma or insecurity a deeper reason why that alcohol isn't what we want it's 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 almost what it does for us i think once you tap into why and, and what that's serving temporarily you've got half the solution like that is the, that is the only way i was able to stop i had to change the narrative i had to stop seeing alcohol as inviting and and that i was missing out on and see it for what it really was Thank you for listening to the podcast today. Remember, I am just a woman on a mission to normalize sobriety and living a sober lifestyle. I am not a licensed therapist or a doctor. Please, if alcohol is causing serious physical or mental health issues, seek professional help. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to hit follow so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, leaving a five-star review will help this podcast reach more people like you in the sober community. It's an easy way to spread the word in normalizing a sober lifestyle. You should never feel alone in sobriety, so feel free to reach out to me via email or through my Instagram account at thisisstephsober. Links to both are listed in the show notes.